Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast. The podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. This is the last episode for March, y'all. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. This year's flying. Spring, Spring breaks sprung. over. We hit our first big Christmas milestone next month. For Hallmark Collectors, the book comes out next month for all the 2023 ornaments. Holy crap. Like, we were literally just talking about that, I feel like. When you got right? the book, and the book was amazing, and you were like, look at all the things I want to get. It's already coming around again. Already coming around that. again. I don't know what to do with that information. That's the first big milestone, and then... Well, you know what? It's going to be Leon Day, and we're hitting that downward slope. Holy crap. Um, Julia mentioned spring break is over. I find it odd that we had an entire the entire spring break happen during the winter. Free spring. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's a true the, statement. The first day the kids went back after spring break was the first day of spring. Yeah. Yeah, timing was funny. It was early, right? Or was it just it like it. insanely cold? We went to Missouri for a few days, um, and it was so cold, so cold on spring break. So we were like <laughs> fishing in 20 degree weather. It was an experience Whoa. and not unpleasant, but it was very cold. But our spring break was pretty nice. We were, yeah. it was chilly. Spent a lot of time with Elle, took some time off work, hung out. We went to Hamilton. Oh, but you, Anthony, do anything fun for spring break? Spring break. Woo! Uh, <laughs> no. I saw Shazam. Fury oh, of the Gods. do tell. And that was fun. It was like it was like the first one. It was very fun, wish fulfillment day. Uh, I have theories as to why it did so poorly at the box office. Okay. Um was it your fault? No, I just think like when you announce a reboot, one four movies still have to come out in the last universe, like that's gonna kill you. When you have when you announce a reboot of what? the whole of the whole universe, like the reboot starts with uh... Superman in twenty twenty five, so it's kind of like I feel WB's running out the clock with the last four they have in this universe. Like they didn't promote this one big. The only one they're really promoting is the Flash for obvious reasons, because right. they know Michael Keaton's going to draw people in. 
Sure. I feel like they're not promoting the rest, which I get. You have a reboot coming. Like just they're just running out the clock. Well, it's a shame because this it was a really fun movie. And Helen Mirren as a comic book villain is just perfection. But yeah, Shazam, y'all. Recommend watching it when it hits digital. Although people listening out there, if you can't get to theaters, go to theaters. They deserve it. It was good. Kids were so cute. Although yeah. they definitely grew up a bit. Yeah. That happens, I suppose. And Both Julia, parents I mean, are still in it, right? I was about to say, you guys will like it for the family stuff. Like, the first one was about him, you know, finding and becoming about that family. The second one's really about now that he's found a family, he's holding on a little too tight because he doesn't want to lose a family. I get that. hmm So. I'm excited. I am excited. Indeed. And I've seen John Wick, well, by the time this drops, I will have seen John Wick 4. Oh, so you haven't actually seen it yet. Yeah, so have they talked about what that actor, why he passed away? Do you see that? Yeah, that was sad. Um, yeah. uh, Lance Reddick. Yeah, he was only 60, and they said natural causes, because when I saw they died, he died, and they didn't say why. I thought maybe a suicide or something, because he was so young. But they're maybe saying natural so causes. So I'm thinking maybe yeah. heart attack or stroke or aneurysm or something, you know, just something yeah. unexpected. He's, I'm assuming, in this John Wick that's about to come out, or he has is. already come out. He is, and I believe they're dedicating it to him, God. as you would expect. Yeah, so sad. Very sad. Very sad. Life is too short, y'all. It really is. Like to quote Blink, "Life is too short to last long." Whoa! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Speaking Julia, of... I know. No, 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 Julia. How was Ireland? Tell us about the kids' trip. Ireland was good. I heard um, Hannah's most uh, top comment on Ireland was how good it smells there. Boy, it smells so much better than the United States, she says. And then Ethan was, the food was <laughs> so good. Oh, really? <laughs> like, Every meal had potatoes and meat and vegetables. And I was like, I mean, that's a great start. Oh, he loved it. He loved the food. Why are you not so much a fan of the of the Irish food? UK food in general. Okay. Well, my kids loved it. They both I mean that that's like that's like a um stereotype over there too. So I'm glad they liked it. Yeah, I've heard that and I was concerned, but no, they were absolutely digging it. Um they did great. They got best high school band at the St. Patty's Day parade. Yep. That's awesome. And another Oklahoma band that went got um best marching band at a separate marching festival that happened um in another town the day after the parade. So Oklahoma really represented. And um Nice to see time. Oklahoma representing for a good thing for once. For something good. And not a, a bad marching thing. band. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they had a, just a great time and they're just so tired still. Ethan keeps I'm... waking up at like six o'clock in the morning and he's like, I can't go back to sleep. It's so early, but I can't go back to sleep. And I was like, you'll get it. <laughs> I'm a little, uh, I'm a little annoyed. They never came to March in the Macy's parade. 
Yeah, we don't go. We've been to that one before, but we don't go to that one near as often. And I don't know why. I and they will not be doing it next year. So I know. I would have taken them like to a Caruso family Thanksgiving if that was the case. So they wouldn't yeah. have Thanksgiving alone in the city. Yeah, you wouldn't have been allowed to, but that would have been a very nice sentiment. You could have signed a slip for the Avuncular <laughs> nope. Anthony. <laughs> nope. They would have been like, nope, <laughs> we don't give you up to anybody. You guys don't let them. We you, we but... were we allowed to do that. My friend always, when they traveled, would go see family, yeah. like sign a slip. Ours are not allowed to do that. Um, unless you yourself show up and check them out at the end of the trip. And you stay on the trip instead of coming home. Very interesting. Yep. Strict, stricty strict. So there were a few kids that hung out in Europe for a couple more days um, post-Ireland. But all I could think was, boy, I bet they're tired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they're home. Yeah. They're home and they got really awesome souvenirs. Um, Ethan got me some cool vintage travel posters for Ireland and he brought home, he brought home some fudge, which is always a great option, but it was Guinness fudge, Irish whiskey fudge, and like some other kind of boring old fudge, but I've never had whiskey, but that Irish whiskey fudge is real good. (laughs) I told him, I'm like. I know this is probably not what whiskey tastes like for real, but if it was, let me tell you one thing. I would, I would drink some whiskey, but. It's definitely not, but whiskey is delicious. (laughs) I figured it's not all sugary and sweet tasting like that, but they had a great time and what an experience. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad they're home, but I'm glad they got to go too. How, and how was your trip to uh, the lodge? It was good. It was cold, but it was good. Got some good time with my mom and dad. Marty's mom went, and then the two little boys um, got to see my dad on bumper cars, absolutely attempting to demolish his two grandsons. <laughs> and uh, a fair amount of arcade basketball was played because, again, it was just like real cold. So we had to change some of our outdoor plans to indoor plans. But they have this whole area on the property called Fun Mountain where they have this arcade and it was just fun. So we got to do that and did a little cold fishing and um, did some tie dye outside in 20 degree weather, which was fun, <laughs> but got my dad to tie dye, which was an experience because <laughs> he does not like messes, but I signed him up for it. I'm like, you're doing it. I'm like, I asked you, you said you would. You're doing it. He's like, do they have aprons or anything? I'm like, you don't have to be messy. Just don't get messy. It's like, well, I've never done this before. So <laughs> it was good. We had a lot of fun. And then back to regular life now. Back to regular life. Sucky life. I was trying to find a I was trying to find a good segue. <laughs> Blackish part two. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, if you want to learn more about our histories and the blackish cast, I recommend you go back a few episodes and listen to the blackish Christmas episodes. Part one tonight, we're just going to jump in with three more episodes. Yes, correct. Starting with Amphony. 
Sure. So the first episode we are going to cover tonight is Christmas of Theater 8, Season 5, Episode 8. So quick plot synopsis. The Johnsons can't agree on what movie to see on their traditional Christmas trip to the theater, the latest superhero blockbuster, or the Rosa Parks story. Junior feels embarrassed after his ex mistakes him for a theater employee. <laughs> oh, it's his ex. That's his ex girlfriend. Yes. It's his ex girlfriend. That makes more yeah. sense. So this episode picks up on Christmas Day, like, but after all the festivities, like, mm-hmm. we don't see Christmas morning, whatever. We skip past the gift buying and opening and everything like that. And it's the Johnsons trying to figure out what movie to see. Most of them want to see the new superhero movie, of course, because who doesn't? Um, Commander Justice, whatever that is. But uh, Dre wants to go see Back of the Bus, the Rosa Parks story. Um, But of course, he's voted down. (laughs) The family wants to go see Commander Justice. Uh, Now, I have friends, I don't normally do it, sometimes I do, but I have a lot A lot of my friends growing up, and still now, like after Christmas dinner and everything, the ones who don't have kids will go see a movie. I think it's very popular and common. Movie theaters are one of the only things open Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole thing felt relatable to me in that sense. So at the movie theater, there are a few things going on. Junior runs into his ex-girlfriend, Megan. Uh, <laughs> who thinks he works her now because his outfit matches the employees, <laughs> and that made me laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and this is something I feel like this is a common sitcom trope that happens in a few different things. It definitely happened in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, one of my favorite episodes where they go to David Wallace's party and Michael and Dwight show up, and Dwight's like. You're dressed exactly like the servants. <laughs> um, but it comes up, uh, you know, she awkwardly brings up the fact that he dropped out of college, which I never bought that storyline. I hate when shows do this to keep the kids around. Same with Alex on Modern Family. Alex is not the type who would not have gone off to college. I'm sorry. She, mm-hmm. No, she's not the kind who would who would like have Slunk a breakdown out. and leave yeah and need to leave right. yes and junior did the same, the same thing i could buy her though i could buy her yeah, compared to these two expected but junior on this show definitely not Mm-mm. um and Bo runs into charlie who ends up joining the family for the movie or <laughs> invites himself but he has alternate he plans does. for the movie well, he he's into her. I meant he's not there to watch the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> luckily for Dre, when him and Pops go to get tickets, Commander Justice is almost sold out. But Rosa Parks has plenty of tickets available. It's almost like Blackish was predicting uh, Republicans taking. Rosa Parks out of history books. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> um, I did feel like they were when they were telling the story of why what would make them go see Captain Justice. I'm like, they were a little ahead of their time for everything that Black Panther became, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they run into a few black couples buying tickets, and Dre is like super upset when he finds out they're all going to see Commando Justice, Commander Justice instead of Rosa Parks, and then he kind of guilts Pops here too, 
mm-hmm. letting them uh, buy Rosa Parks tickets. Um, well, Pop scares Pops guilts him. Yes, by basically <laughs> by basically telling him, "You're the man. You do what you want to do." Mm-hmm. Which works yeah. out so well. I was expecting that to be a bigger problem, but they let it slide. You know. <laughs> well, the family is shocked at first, and uh, you know, basically, they, uh, they if they want black movies, they have to show up for black movies. That's Stray's reasoning here, and right. uh, that starts a whole topic of conversation with the family. Well, what qualifies for a black movie? That's what the kids start asking Dre. And he points out that black movies with white directors, some count, some don't. Which is like my favorite quote of the entire episode, by the way. Do you have the full, is this full? whole exchange? Oh, of course I yes, do. Yes, but yes, no, no, it, no, no. The Rock yes, and Will no. Smith don't count. Magnificent. <laughs> no. Because they, 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 sec- the white money down. they secured the white dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's, it's it's a fantastic exchange. I wish we had the whole quote. Look it up. Um, but Imdaba has failed us in recent weeks, mm. or recent months, recent years. They really fail us on TV shows. Let's be real. They never used to. Go back mm-hmm. and listen to our Office and Friends episodes. Although, not to toot my own horn, but I can quote all those shows by heart. Um, <laughs> so, it's funny, because once again, side, Jack and Diane try to create a plot to escape. They try to lie and say they get popcorn, but they don't fall for it because Ruby brought all their Thanksgiving leftovers to the movie, which I love because who wouldn't want to eat a meal like that? <laughs> um, so they decide they have to go to the restrooms. Dre sends Junior to go essentially babysit them. Um, okay, so I've got that exchange if you want to hear it. Yes. yes yeah. Yes, yes. If we want black movies, we got to show up. And then Pops does, got to show up. Jay says, yeah. Okay, the, then Diane says, okay, just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. If Commander Justice was played by a black guy, then we'd support it. Pops, yes. So like The Rock. Well, maybe not The Rock. Mm, Will Smith? Uh, no, not Will Smith either. No, no. He already has the white dollar <laughs> locked down. You know, we're talking the Morris Chestnuts and the Michael Isles of the world. You know, people who have the BET awards circle in their calendar. And it's not just about who's in the movie, Mm-mm, says Pop. Uh, it's about who directed the movie. And Diane says, so the color purple, a black movie? Because a white guy directed that. And Ray, and Glory, and Ali, and Django Unchained, and Dreamgirls, and Coming to America, and Armistad. <laughs> Are those black movies? And Pop and Dre in unison just say, uh, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, and yes. Diane's like, you know that doesn't make any sense, right? We ain't gotta make sense. <laughs> then Pop says, he's your dad, I'm your granddad. Yeah. Uh, not gonna awesome. lie. Not gonna lie. I love that line. He's Pop said, I'm your granddad. <laughs> uh, well, I love what happens when they're trying to sneak into Captain Justice Commander Justice here because uh, they knock down the movie poster. And Junior starts acting as his ex-girlfriend walks by, further cementing in her mind that he's a theater employee because he's dressed like them. Um, <laughs> and he tries to impress her like about the internship at his dad's office, blah, 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 but she doesn't care. So he lies yeah. and says, planning a trip to Australia. And because he can- saw a sign about 
sharks in the coral reef. So he's, of course, going to go reef diving with the sharks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who who doesn't uh, relate to trying to impress somebody like that back in your teen years? So uh, <laughs> he goes back to the movie Dejected. <laughs> uh, Dre ends up without the to- twins. Without the twins, and Dre ends up going to pull Jack and Diane out of Commander Justice. But in this movie, <laughs> Charlie takes out a tripod to start recording the film, <laughs> and Bo is uh, horrified. <laughs> they get to this change, and he's like, I don't want you messing up the audio. <laughs> Which made me I thought laugh. I could come to a movie and have no talking. <laughs> yeah, he's basically implying that he went to a white theater. <laughs> Yeah, and and yes, and speaking of uh, white movies, uh, as the movie continues to play, the family starts to notice little things about the movie, which they start questioning Dre on, like, you know, there are a lot of white people in important roles in this movie, and Dre's like, well, they wanted a bigger audience, and there are lots of shots of the bus itself, and Dre's like, well, the bus is a character, character. (laughs) (laughs) progress. And they're like, the dialogue seems, seems kind of slavey. And Dre was like, you weren't there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then the biggest one, they're trying to, they're like, it seems like Rosa Parks' boss gave her the idea. And Dre was like, you weren't there. <laughs> um, and eventually the whole family turns against Dre and everyone leaves but Ruby. even Tyler Perry wouldn't present this mess (laughs) Uh, which made me laugh so hard because (laughs) anyway um, and Dre ends up conceding that you know the movie's bad and made like that the message that's so important to be out there is going to get lost anyway Um, so The next morning, Dre wakes up and tells them that their new Christmas tradition is going to be watching a classic black movie the morning after Christmas. So they're going to watch The Hurricane. Because Denzel is also an important part of this conversation. Yes, correct. And the whole thing with Junior Junior's subplot res- kind of resolves with uh, Bo telling him that he needs to figure out if he's taking the scap here, what he actually wants to do with it rather than just remain drift. Right. And yeah, that's our episode. And I thought it was a great episode. It was very funny. They dealt with very mm-hmm. topical things that what? Oh, I was just gonna say, but it's not Christmassy. Well, I was about to say they deal with topical things that we talk about every year, especially around award season and when all the mm-hmm. award movies come out. But it is absolutely not a Christmas episode. It takes place after the Christmas festivities on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they could have even made it so the movie, if they wanted to see instead of Rosa Parks, it's like a new Christmas movie or something. But uh, especially given how in the past we know how the kids are obsessed with Christmas and all things mm-hmm. Christmas. But um, yeah, so there are no Christmas feels even though I like really like this episode. So that, to me, is going to uh, knock it down a lot. I'd probably give this like a five. Yeah, I think yeah, I'd come in I at a that's... 5.5 or so. I'll come in at a five and a quarter. Well, there you go. 5.25. But we really, I would recommend really the episode around... to those watching. 
we've really gotten yeah into, oh yeah totally watch it we've really gotten into uh stacking these for easy math you know that i have noticed that i like it quite a lot <laughs> next up season six episode 10 father christmas and all of that christmas goodness that we lacked in the last episode comes in hot on this one uh but we'll get to that in a minute the basic overview here is uh we open up the family is celebrating the christmas feels they are talking though about how pops just isn't into christmas right it's just not his thing mm. but pop shows up with his lady friend his fiance at this point lynette and they have all the christmas excitement pop is in the spirit and he starts telling about how great christmas is all the good stuff about it and i love that the kids stop him and they're like you don't have to sell us on this we're already into christmas <laughs> and dre's a little you know less than thrilled here because pops has not made christmas positive for him over the years Mm-mm. nor has he made but, it positive for the kids in the past as we experienced a few weeks ago well right but the but in the in the buildup and Dre telling this story about what Pops is usually doing on Christmas and Christmas Eve at the bar, we didn't see any of that in the previous season. So there's a break in mm-hmm. continuity here. Right. Because Pops was present for every Christmas episode that we've seen. But I mm-hmm. like what they were trying to go with it. Lynette wants to incorporate Christmas traditions from her family. And the Johnson kids are not having any of it until they learn... Her Christmas tradition is that the adults hide 200 bucks cash somewhere in the house and the kids have to find it. Suddenly their, their uh, tradition of being traditional is out the window and they're ready to try something new. <laughs> Lynette's son comes over. I guess we should talk about the cast Lynette and her son, right? Lynette is played by Loretta Devine. We covered her when we did the preacher's wife. She was the church secretary. I believe the sweet precious secretary. That was a character, I believe. Oh, that's what yes. Julia said when she corrected me and informed me in an <laughs> in a now removed part of this episode. <laughs> we also have a tiny little appearance by an X Files alumni, Stephen Williams, who played uh, Mr. X in the X Files. He did. He sure did. I don't get to say that very often, so I just thought I'd bring him up. Her son, Doug, is played by Baron Vaughn, who was in Frankie and Grace. He was Tom Servo and Dr. Cabal voices in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, my gosh. He was Tom Servo? Yeah, right? Shut up. In the older ones and the newer ones. He was like old enough to be older ones, but I prefer that Tom Servo. And then uh, the electric company and voice, he had an arc on Law and Order. I think we should stop talking about Law and Order because everybody is on Law and Order, apparently. <laughs> I think we should just make a blanket statement and whether it's true Probably or not that the cast is in Law and Order. But his <laughs> most important role that I think we should cover for a special Valentine's Day episode is... He was Ben in Mike in Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day special. Well, 
Glad we're not a Valentine's Day. It's Actually, there is an interesting. Uh, oh my god! What is happening there? TVMA board. Uh, and he cut his hair. I thought Michael Bolton had still had the long hair. He does not. I learned no, something today. He's had short hair for a while. Oh. There was something I learned about Michael Bolton recently. It was during a uh, Michael Bolton's version of White Christmas was the only one to win a big award. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Okay. Major award. All right. We also have a phone call with Dre's sister, Rhonda, mm -hmm. who is played by Raven Simone. Not a fan of Raven Simone. Never happened. Ever. Why is that, Anthony? I don't do have an opinion either way. Well, I grew up with her when she was an awful child actress. And that's she... a Raven. We did too. She was on the Cosby show pre. Well, that's Disney. that I started on the Cosby show when I knew her, but she was never a good child actress and she didn't grow into a good adult actress. And I'm just leaving that there. Yeah. So we're all sitting down. We're having a great time getting ready for Christmas. When we hear somebody at the door dre gets up and it is an ex interest of lynette's who had moved to africa they thought they couldn't be together he couldn't be without her he sold everything and moved back so she up and leaves pops this storyline is sad so pop suddenly he's ready to throw it all in get rid of christmas He's done. Dre talks to him, peps him up. They have this really good, I love the family and I love the pop story in this. A lot of times pops is just there for comedic value, but when they pull him in for a lesson of some sort, he really pops. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. No pun intended, <laughs> but he, he did. And he decides, you know what? Yeah, this Christmas was great. I was enjoying this. So as they're all getting excited and and ready to do Christmas. Oh, and that was the other thing. I loved, uh, I'll have to find the exact quote because IMDb is letting us down and we are the least prepared podcast in the Christmas Podcast Network. Pops is really excited about opening those big socks. And they're like, you mean stockings? And he's like, they got a name for those? <laughs> but I did like that. We're getting ready to do Christmas and we hear something on the roof which can only mean one thing. And that is Pops is full in the Christmas spirit decked out as Santa. Oh, wait. This is before is the breakup. Answer? That was before the breakup? Yeah, that was Happy Pops. Oh, okay. But all that to say, um, all of that pre-breakup stuff is just so Christmassy. The whole thing is Christmassy. But like we get the little mini montage of all the fun Christmassy things that he's doing with his dad that he never got to experience because his dad was never in the Christmas spirit. And it's just, it's warm and fun. You can see it's him making warm. cookies together and they go, they see that carolers. That was so cute. It was so cute. It was adorable. And you know, in any other episode, Pops would have been mad about the carolers on his doorstep. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I liked about post-breakup pops and the choice they made with this episode is he could have been very, very angry. Yes. You know, and they didn't go that way. They went with a sad pops, but not so sad that he's like pushing people away. Right. 
So no, they left no. a space there for for a family to step in. He called up an old lady friend and has her come celebrate Christmas and goes way over the top. And she's like, whoa, I haven't talked to you in a year. And you're calling me your girl. And he gives her jewelry. And she's like, no, uh, this is weird. I'm going to bounce. So Pops is sad again. Like, Mm -hmm. that's twice. But like you said, the family comes together. They really rally around. And they have a good Christmas. Mm -hmm. Bo serves some questionable seafood. But, you know, it's fine. She's trying to cheer him up. I mean, she's doing whatever she can to cheer him up. And she's making gumbo well, that she you, should have started four days ago. You don't try with seafood. <laughs> that seems like a real mistake. That's a real mistake. <laughs> this is a step up. This is a step up from gas station sushi, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's not much of a step up. Where's the Where's the most questionable place y'all get sushi from? I don't eat sushi. Sam's. I hate seafood in general. Sam's has sushi? Yeah. I know. Mm. The kids like it. I like sprout sushi. Yeah, sprout sushi's good. And but Reezers is a little more questionable, but I've been known to do that too, because they have that five dollar and fifty five cent roll. Yeah. On Wednesdays <laughs> or Thursdays <laughs> or Fridays. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah, we have our we have our big feast and it is questionable and it I mean it just it's a nasty combo. Everything she makes <laughs> is just gross. But the episode But ends you know with if Pop- Lynette would have followed through, it would have been magical. Because Lynette made everything magical. She did, and she was gonna cook a lot of that stuff, right? She was supposed yeah, to Yeah, that's up- she started the meal and Bo had and to then, like finish because out. that's right. Yeah, she let the entire Johnson family down. And I love like they decide to get rid of everything to do with Lynette. Jay's like, we have to de Lynette. Did I say Jay? Jay. You said Jay. Watching Modern Family too. Yeah. <laughs> Dre says we have to de de Lynette this house. Everything with Lynette has to go. So they're getting rid of all the stuff to do with Lynette. And then a knock comes at the door and her son shows up for their Christmas party. That's just an open house. They invited everybody. And she's like, Mm-mm. Dre's like, no, you got to go. You can't be here. I I liked how their neighbor was offer is being offered seafood from Bo, and she's like, no, uh, I already had enough from the giant shrimp you had. That's the first time I've ever eaten shrimp with the eyes and the whiskers, <laughs> and they were still moving. <laughs> oh, that's horrific. But I like the end of the episode. Pops leaves. He goes to get some some solace by himself at a diner, and he's eating some pie. And Ruby comes in to see him, and she's mm-hmm. there to comfort him in his time of need. She's kind to him, more or less. They they discuss. And you know what? Until, you know what until, I like until, about until, this? Well, yeah, I like the fact that you know, even though they're divorced, the two of them. They still are on friendly terms because for their family, lots of times, sadly, in real life, that doesn't happen. Lots of movies and TV shows don't show that. But these mm-hmm. two are on friendly, close terms still. For this episode. When I say friendly, I mean they get she along enough his to boat. They get along <laughs> well enough to do family dinners, family holidays. Their antagonism she is comes out of you. Their antagonism comes out of years of love in my mind. That's how it comes across. Yeah. Well, we do see that. And she's, she's talking and they're discussing how it was this really interesting 
it's got that Christmas nostalgia where we we think back and we we there's this Christmas sadness that comes in as we get older. He's talking mm-hmm. about how much more the heartbreak is now that he's older. It hurts more, and she's like, "That's because you know you got less time." Like, mm-hmm. that that was a a little bit of a punch that made me sad. But then I like at the end, like she's she she's sweet, she's Ruby, but then she she does get him. She gets him to laugh. She's like, "You know." you kind of deserve this, right? And then they both laugh and she helps him eat his pie. And that's where we leave everything off. And even the diner feels like Christmas. Everything about this episode was great. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I'm giving this episode a 10. Yeah, I give it a 10. I'm going seven. Why? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Who hurt you, Anthony? (laughs) Uh, I like like Pops and I like Pops and Ruby, but they're not my favorite characters on the show. I didn't really care for a full episode focused on his lost love life. Hmm. So that's a 27 divided by three. Which is nine. That's a nine. nine. You mean a nine? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that brings us to our third and final Blackish Christmas episode of the series run, and that would be season seven, episode eight, Compton Around the Christmas Tree. Um, Dre realizes he's out of touch with his roots, so he takes his family to his hometown of Compton. Bo tries to teach Jack and Diane about the spirit of Christmas by having them volunteer in Compton while they are there. All right. So... <laughs> Second time, Dre... we're referencing... <laughs> Second time we're referencing Bo volunteering at Christmas. Yes, yes true. It's, it goes about as well this time as it did the first time. Um, <laughs> so it's a Dre-centric episode. Um, as shown throughout the series, and I'm giving you that with a grain of salt because I have not seen the entire series. Um, Dre mentions with some regularity that he's from Compton. Um, he both does it as a way to express <laughs> who he is as a person, but also like <laughs> on the flip side of it, like how far he's come. Right. Um, so it's twofold for sure, but he's very, very proud of, of being from Compton and his family knows this, his mom is full of support of this. And so is his dad. Um, and Junior really calls him out in this particular episode about like, okay, you grew up in Compton, but like, that's not really where you're from anymore. You're really more of a, what is it? Shenandoah Oaks or whatever it is. Hampton, Sherman yeah. Oaks. Basically a whatever valley, it is. A valley guy, right. right? A valley guy. And so he takes great offense to this <laughs> and decides what's the best course of action here to really get my family to understand who I am and where I'm from and take them back to the good old days. Let's go to Compton. Um, at the same time he is making this decision, Bo is realizing, man, her kids are spoiled because when she's talking mm-hmm. about make your Christmas list, they're like, why don't you just Venmo me the cash? And if it's like less than four, four digits, I fully understand you can spread it out between birthday as well. That's 100% my sister. <laughs> are you serious? So it's a repeat. This is also a repeatable theme because the twins, all the kids in the past, but the twins particularly, um, 
are very spoiled and entitled at Christmas time when it comes to like gifts and stuff. So Bo decides without talking to Dre, we need to get y'all into volunteering um, and giving back to the community. So you really understand the full impact of what's important this time of year and in general. And so it's a very funny scene. And again, I have no, none of these quotes, so I hope you're not expecting them. Um, Dre comes in and is like, we need to go to Compton. And Bo's like, that's absolutely perfect. We're going to volunteer while we're there. He's like, you've never agreed with me once. What happened? And she's like, you just so happened to have an idea that fit into our plans or whatever she says. So here's the plan. I, I have a question for you guys Compton. before we move yeah. on. How, what do you do personally, both of you, to volunteer at Christmas? How do you guys volunteer give back at Christmas, if at all? Well, when I've worked locally, we would always volunteer with our companies, which was a ton of fun. Um, but as far as like our family volunteering, we serve at our Christmas church services, which we have like a billion um, for the four and five days leading up to the Christmas services and stuff, cleaning up and all of that. We could do more. Uh, it's interesting. We we do gifts for um, a couple different organizations here in town. We do shopping for um, single moms, like their kid. They have a list of things their kids need, and we pick those and Santa up for the kids. Um, we always participate in food drives and things like that. But we don't do a lot around Christmas because Christmas is the time that these agencies don't need a lot of help. Mm -hmm. because everybody's doing stuff that's cool so yeah it's the, it's the time where everybody comes out and wants to do the things and wants to help and uh, a lot of times it gets over overwhelming for agencies yeah, yeah they, and they, all, they want the accolade the accolades from serving like bow and <laughs> i just donate mm -hmm. i could definitely do more but it's so busy uh, Devontae's not in this episode. That's his name, the younger son. No, he's not. I learned why because I went and researched what happened to him because we don't see yeah. him at all. They didn't like kids on the scene on the sets during COVID. Little kids. Ah, there you go. Okay. So they didn't. They didn't like just Chuck Cunningham. Him. He just wasn't on the episode. <laughs> You know what? We have to scrap this episode now, Tom, because this uh, show is too woke. COVID wasn't a real issue. Oh, my Lord. And I don't appreciate them keeping the kid off. So. Uh, to be <laughs> honest, this by this point in the season, COVID doesn't exist as we saw. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make a deal about COVID um, in the first three episodes, um, but then Bo, they don't even mention it. I didn't even the know season. they. They were all they were always very topical. They always talked about COVID and like Trump's election. They were always topical about the big news events of the world. That was one of the most amazing episodes of television I've ever seen. What which one? The Trump one? The 2016 election. Mm, I need to watch that. Um, so for the trip to Compton, we've got again kind of two sides of the story. So we've got Dre and Jr doing all of the things Dre used to do when he grew up. And then we've got Bo and the twins doing the volunteering thing. So when Dre goes back home with Junior, Junior's still calling him out on some things. And Dre is meeting up with his old friends. And we we very quick we very quickly see it play out that Dre's been away for a long time. 
And when you're away from a place, there are things you forget, right? And he's kind of has it frozen in his memory from growing up, like I'm sure we all do. I know Houston is like this for me, um, probably more so since I moved away, like way, way, way away. But um, Dre starts to come to the realization that he doesn't know where stuff is anymore. And he's lost touch with the town. And it is a time capsule in his head, even down to his friends uh, that are still there. And he feels like this is some loss of credibility. Um, On the other side of it, we've got the twins who think they should be serving in some management position while they are there, but are quickly whisked away to another job. Um, And we mostly focus on Bo and her volunteering, which the joke is made that Dre mentions as many times he's from Compton as she mentioned she's the doctor. She's the doctor. And so she sort of enters into this volunteering with a chip on her shoulder, right? She's a doctor. She just really wants to help in the way she's can be such a big help. She can help so much and they have her peeling potatoes and she's a little salty about it. So, you know, that whole selfishness and whatever at Christmas time is not exclusive to kids. We get to see her side as well. Um, but we round about the end of the episode back at home while Dre is sort of nursing his wounds. Um, and his parents remind him, and they're absent for most of the middle part of the episode, but his parents remind him mm-hmm. like, yeah, you grew up in Compton, but like part of what you've done because of how you grew up is make changes like for your kids. They're like, look at all you've done for your kids. Could you imagine junior in Compton in high school? That would not have worked out well. And so <laughs> they remind him it's not always about staying in the same place. And it is important to remember your roots, but don't let that be a blocker and moving forward. And you shouldn't feel like just because you're no longer of a place that you're not from that place. It's not super Christmassy. Nope. And it's not super funny. No, not super funny. But it had a nice message. It did have a very nice message. It was nice. It was a good episode, but uh, yeah. for Christmas, I'm going to come at a at a three and a half. I was going four. Yeah, I'll hit five. I'm sorry, I could have made that easier. Yep, four, five, and three and a half. I'm the one that made it difficult, not you, Julia. Oh, you're fine it did have i mean the nice message it had a linus moment right because the kids talk about how they actually ended up really enjoying volunteering even if Bo didn't (laughs) feel like her talents were used um so it was it was funny in that it had a linus moment without being ultra christmasy even though they do end up around the tree at one point or i mean at 4.4.167 that seems right this was a good um this was a good selection for our TV month list. I like spending two whole weeks on Blackish. I really need to watch these. Me too. I want to go back and watch from the beginning. Same. But never I'm glad that got, I'm glad that I did that for you. Oh yeah. What was it? These what was the so average? Funny. Did you say the average in the end? 4.167. Ah. Some numbers arbitrary who cares. Uh, Julia, you're undermining our list. I'll keep doing it. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. 
was fun. Oh, that was fun. I'm curious to what to see what other people thought of these episodes. All right, y'all. Well, we're gonna peace out on TV month, and we're going back to Christmas movies. We've got some exciting and fun stuff for you that you need to watch in advance. Mm-hmm. Please visit our socials by going to linktree.com slash tis the podcast and telling us what you think of these movies if you're familiar. Next week, we're covering Christmas with the Campbells. Hallmark written have... by Anthony. Then we have <laughs> two weeks where we have two amazing guests joining us. We are covering the 1998 Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the movie, with author Natalie Bickle. Mm. And the Fun. next week, I am feeling a cold coming on. Uh, I might lose my voice when we cover the Abomination Christmas Shoes with Ashley from Magic of Christmas podcast. And this will be Ashley's first visit on our podcast. So we'll look forward to welcoming her. I did an episode of Totally Rad Christmas with her recently, and it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yes. I'm glad that you've already assaulted the movie. She's going to be joining us. Hey, she picked it. Because she likes it? I don't know if she liked it or likes to make fun of it, but she picked it. So, Ashley, let us know on our social media. (laughs) Do you like this movie or do you (laughs) not like this movie? (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. I'm excited. Back to movies. See how that feels for me. I I am so (laughs) curious. So curious to see what you guys think of next week's movie. Not expecting a lot, but at the same time, I'm very curious because it is a cheery, atmospheric, hallmarky type Christmas movie, but with that Anthony touch. So I'm very, very curious. <laughs> if there's one thing that always makes me feel really uncomfortable, it's an Anthony touch. And he knows our hug went on a, a little long. Oh, man. <laughs> How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know what I'm excited (sighs) about, Julia? We only have 6,552 minutes, hours until Christmas. That's only 273 days. That's 39 weeks. Bye, y'all.